opportunity for us to come together, worship together, encouraging one another in the truth of your sovereignty and strength over all things. You are our provider and our God.
monsoonal rains. The extreme flooding and destruction that resulted has affected more than one million people across large parts of the country. Since the beginning of the crisis, we've been on the ground helping those who were already destitute before the flood arrived. Across central Myanmar and the Irrawaddy Delta regions, our team has provided assistance to 1,335 families. Our relief effort that was entirely made up of Karin staff delivered 49 metric tons of rice, 6,600 liters of drinking water, medicine, and other essentials. This has brought great relief to those facing food shortages due to displacement from their homes and the destruction of their crops. This relief effort is only possible thanks to you, our generous support community. With your help, we are ensuring these communities have what they need to get back on their feet and rebuild their lives. So the Partners Banquets this Friday, if you haven't got tickets for that, they still are available out in the lobby um, by the fireplace out there. You can pick them up today. It's an awesome night. We do this every single year to raise funds for missions, and Partners is a, is a big one we've always supported. Steve McMahon is going to be here to uh, just tell us an update of what's happening over in Thailand and for us to be able to just take part in it. So there's a dinner, there's going to be entertainment and just a time not only for friends but for the churches in the community to come together for a common goal and a common good so please join us this friday night get your tickets today um just the ticket sales alone are going to be going straight towards the the cause so um every year it's a huge success and we want to make sure that we can make a big impact and 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 make them feel supported over there uh in thailand with everything they're doing and partners um Another thing that is happening right now is Operation Christmas Child. If you guys haven't seen it, uh, it's going on right now. We're dropping off the, bo- the, the box drops are open. So if you have Operation Christmas Child boxes, you can bring them here on the Sundays. But definitely uh, grab some boxes on your way out, fill them up, and bring them back. Um, there's going to be a packing party later this month as well. So there's just a lot of stuff that's coming up. Definitely check out your bulletins for updates on the things that are going to be coming up in the church. Um, Kathy wanted me to know that they still need one person for nursery. So if one of you guys wants to help hold a beautiful baby, then go talk to Kathy after announcements. Um, but besides that, I'm just going to pray and we will dismiss the kids to kids church. Father, thank you for this church. Lord, I thank you that this church is testimony of redemption and transformation and new life and the gospel. And Lord, I pray that um, as Brian comes and shares his heart, Lord, that you would speak through him clearly. Lord, that uh, you would give him the words to say and that it would just speak to our hearts. God, this, 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 um, this whole few month series on kingdom and culture has just been awesome, but it feels like it's just gone so much towards uh, redemption and recovery and all of this, these issues that you want us to deal with. So Lord, I thank you for the testimonies that we're going to hear from the ladies from CR, a couple awesome testimonies of what you've been doing. And I pray you just give them strength and clarity as you did the first service. For all of our teachers and kids' church, God, I pray that you would give them uh, clear minds to speak the words. God, that you would just strengthen them as they teach our kids and that you just be with each one of our kids as they go to kids' church. Uh, we ask all this in your name. Amen. Um, so if you guys have kids, 
You can bring him to Kids Church at this time. If you don't, you can stand with us. We're going to continue to worship. Definitely check out your bulletin for things that are happening uh, coming up. And we'd love to keep you involved with everything that's going on here.
Good morning, everybody. How you guys doing? And gals, I should say. Excellente. Well, we're going to continue our series here, as Eric was saying just a, a little bit earlier, Kingdom and Culture. This is part 13, believe it or not, we've come to here. Um, and we've learned a lot along the way. And one of the things I think uh, Eric was pointing, alluding to is uh, we, we, we find ourselves on this journey. And... Uh, the basic idea is that we are trying to get out or get off of this road that we're born on and onto a different track. And that track, we leave the past behind and, and we push on forward to the goal that was set before us. And, you know, it's, we have a lot of goals. We have a lot of things that we want to accomplish here as a church. And uh, ministries are, are, are a big part of that. And today we celebrate... Um, what is probably our longest running ministry is definitely the strongest right now ministry in the church, uh, the one with the most people involved, I should say, and that's Celebrate Recovery, or CR, CR for those of you in the know. And the, the thing that makes these ministries possible, of course, is not only the people, but is your giving. And I wanted to uh, say thank you. And we started this Shelter His Sheep thing uh, a couple of weeks ago, and we're already over $25,000 on our way to our goal of $50,000. It's huge, man. It's just great. We thank you so much. It allows all these ministries and things to, to happen. And we're going to go ahead and take up the offering right now. We pray first. Thank you, <clears throat> dear Heavenly Father. First of all, for the opportunity just to be here. Um, second of all, for what you've done on the cross that gives us uh, the focus. And uh, we thank you, and we ask you to bless the givers, bless the giving. Make sure we uh, use it wisely, um, and uh, that it's uh, used efficiently and efficaciously, so that we can further your kingdom. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right. All right. So, we've been talking about this road, right? This road that we're all on. And uh, if you look, if you were able to stand out, or stand up above your life and look look at your life as this one long road. You would look at it and you would see you would, there'd be some smooth places. There'd be some good places here, like the Autobahn. It looks pretty nice. Over here, you'd be a little bit messy, right? You'd have like a detour or two. Over here are some potholes. Some places in your life, the road would just be washed out, right? If you knew me, if you knew about my life and my past, oh boy. I, <laughs> my road looks like downtown Fairbanks, you know? Forget filling the potholes. We're ripping the sucker up and starting from scratch. That's how bad my life was at some point, at one point. But guess what? That's all of our lives. We all have parts in our lives that are messy, that, that we haven't repaired, that we haven't gone back and done the work to repair this road that we're on. 
And no matter how cool and together you have your life and how on the outside, if somebody looked at you, you would seem to have things completely uh, in order. On the inside, each and every one of us is a mess. Each and every single one of us uh, at some point in our lives have done things, have accumulated these this baggage, and we are carrying it around with us. It's weighing us down on the inside. And it's keeping us from living this abundant life that Christ would have us live. Getting rid of that baggage is the most important thing we can do if you want to live a good life. If you want to just keep life, eh, it's all right. It's good. If that's the life you want to live, please feel free. Gather that baggage up. But I'm going to warn you, you're going to continue to gather baggage. As you work forward, it's just going to happen. That's the way life is. You've got to be able to let this stuff go. You've got to take the time to go back into your past and deal with that stuff. As I like to say, we have to take the skunk out, throw it on the table, and deal with the steak. You got to do it. That's right. And I just want to let you guys know, as beautiful as every one of you look today, and as happy as every one of you look today, on the inside, many of you stink. All right? Welcome to the club. Actually, you've all been in the stinky club since the day you were born. You just might not be aware of it yet. So, there you go. You all stink. How's that? Ha! Take that. That's what you wanted to come to church to hear, didn't you? Now... This is what recovery is, though. Recovery is letting this baggage go. Recovery is cleaning ourselves up on the inside. That's what it is. Now, most of you, you think about something like celebrate recovery. Ooh, it's got that word in it, recovery. That's for those people. You are those people. All right. All of us are those people. A a sinner's. A fraction of the people who are in programs like Celebrate Recovery have those uh, typical things that we think of when we think of recovery. Issues with alcohol or drugs or other addictions. The majority of the people that are in Celebrate Recovery are there because of life. Life has dragged, drug them down. Yeah, some of them, like I said, some of them you got uh, over here, some of the people dealing with lust or uh, addiction to pornography, or you have people like myself who deal with alcoholism, or, or, or people who also, like myself, have mental illnesses they have to deal with, and there's all these things in their life. But we all have something in our life. All these things, all these are just symptoms, this alcoholism or these addictions to shopping or whatever. This is the end result of a lot of baggage that we've been carrying. This is how it manifests itself in dysfunctional behavior. You're not an alcoholic first, and then you gather baggage. You gather baggage, and you don't like the baggage, and so you drink to cover it up. You drink to make the pain go away. You drink to forget it. Whatever. Some people do other things. Some people just press it down, and it comes out, bursts out in these moments, and you have anger management problems. People aren't just angry for no reason. People just don't wake up. Well, some people wake up angry, but coffee usually takes care of that. But you usually, well, because you're tired. You don't want to get out of bed. That's why you're angry. 
But we all, people who have anger management issues have reasons. They have baggage. There's a reason why they blow up. Because they've been pressing it down, smushing it down, pretending to have everything together. And when they least expect it, it explodes. They can't help it. They wonder where it comes from. Well, it comes from all this stuff back here. All these potholes back here. But I want you to know, though, no matter what it is that you've got in your life that you know that you need recovery from, or hopefully by the end of the day, you will realize that you need recovery from, there's hope. God gives us, when we accept Him, when we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we have hope. We have hope. But even though we get a new heart, a heart that's inclined to Him, a heart that wants to serve Him, as we've been saying, we still have the same old mind. And it wants... To continue to do the same old bad stuff. It's still tied to those things which are in the past. Things that you might not even be aware of. We'll talk about that today. And how to make yourselves aware of these things. How to bring these things before the Lord. Today we're going to be looking at Mark chapter 10. So go ahead and turn in your Bibles or turn your phones on. And if you don't have a Bible app on your phone, shame on you. (laughs) Last part of Mark chapter 10, verses 46 through 52, it's a story about a guy named Bartimaeus, blind guy, who meets Jesus, and his life changes. I'll read it. They came to Jericho as Jesus and his disciples together with a large crowd were leaving the city. A blind man, Bartimaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus! Son of David, have mercy on him. Many rebuked him and told him, be quiet. But he shouted all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and said, call him. And so they called the blind man, cheer up. On your feet, he's calling you. Throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet. He came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked. The blind man said, Rabbi... I want to see. Go, said Jesus. Your faith has healed you. Your faith has healed you. Immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. Let me give you a little context for this. Okay, they're leaving Jericho. They're on their way to Jerusalem. When they get to Jerusalem, Jesus is going to be feted. They're going to put the palms down. It's Palm Sunday. He's going into town. He knows that later on in the week, within a week, they'll turn on him 180 degrees. Those same people will have him crucified. He's got a lot on his mind. He knows what's ahead of him, this humiliation, this torture, and ultimately death. This is what's waiting for Jesus. And yet he has the time to stop and minister to this blind man on the side of the road. That's who Jesus is. That's how he rolls. And if he has the time to do that, In those circumstances, now that he is in heaven with the Father, he definitely has the time and inclination to help you, to heal you, you know, to help you recover. He's he's waiting. There's probably no cable up there. He has nothing else to do but to serve you, all right? 
He's up there praying for you right now. That's who Jesus is. We go through this story now. I'm going to pull out a couple of points, five points altogether, steps that will get you started on the road to recovery. Things that will hopefully uh, uh, bring up some emotional response inside of you, enough emotional response that these things will come to the surface and you can start to deal on them. And the first thing we got to do, as Bartimaeus did, was seize the moment. You know, I wonder how often that Bartimaeus was sitting there on the side of the road, just camped out, probably his spot. You know, he got there, got there early. Every day, sat there, begged alms for the poor, got money. Every day. But one day, one day, Jesus of Nazareth was walking by and something in him stirred. He knew that this was his moment. I was that same person at one time. I was a horrible, horrible person, all right? I, I, I drank a lot. I mean, I, I got to the point where I was drinking so much, it wasn't a matter of wanting to do it. It wasn't a matter of pushing things down or forgetting things or having fun or being in the moment. It was a medical necessity. I had to drink. I had to get up in the morning. I had to drink. If I did not drink, I got violently ill. I had seizures. That's where I was in my life. At one point, I got hospitalized, and as I got out, and I went back to this flop house. I would mostly slept in my car, but when I had a, a few extra bucks, I would sleep in some place like that. I had lost it all. And one day, a friend of mine who wasn't even a Christian somehow knew that I needed help and showed up. And he said, listen, I just talked to the people down Ralph Purdue Center. They have a bed for you in detox, and they have a room for you waiting after you detox at inpatient. I had made several excuses not to do things like, like recovery in my life. Oh, I, I can't do that. I don't have time to go to recovery for 30 days or 60 days or however long it took. It took a lot longer for me, by the way. I was stubborn. Oh, what am I going to do? How am I going to pay my bills? Excuses. Life gets in the way. Of course, the, the fact of the matter is, at this rate, I was not going to have to worry about deal, uh, my, paying my bills because I was either not going to be able to have a job and never have to pay it, or I was going to be dead. I had the moment, something inside of me that I know now to be Jesus Christ prompted me. The Holy Spirit said, seize it. I took it. And I went in there. Thank God that I did. That moment could have gone either way. And if it hadn't gone the other way, I guarantee you I would not be standing with you, speaking to you today. I wouldn't be married to my wife this the love of my life. I wouldn't have children. I wouldn't have any of these things. I'd be dead. You've got to seize the moment when it presents itself. How many of us have had those moments in our life and just watched them pass by because we were too afraid to, to grab on to those divine moments in our lives when we could have made a huge difference? Some of you today are going to feel that in you. You're going to feel, especially if you're not yet Christians, you're going to feel a prompting of the Holy Spirit. I guarantee you. And you're going to go, what, what is this moving around inside of me? I don't, I don't know what this is. And you try to, you'll try to, you'll say, I don't want to know. I plug my ears. But guess what? I've already told you what it is. So you're on the hook for it now. <laughs> Seize the moment as Bartimaeus did. You know what? Everybody was trying to tell him, shut up, dirty beggar. Shh. He was like, no. What did he say? It said he shouted even louder. You see, he didn't stay up in the stands. 
When the coach turned to him and pointed, you get down here, you're playing quarterback for me. He ran down, right? He got in it. He seized the moment. That's what we got to do when that moment presents itself to us. The next thing we got to do, once we've decided to get on the road to recovery and start dealing with these things, we've got to ignore negative people. We've got to ignore these people in our lives. One of the things they tell you about, when you, especially when you're drinking, is you don't go start hanging out at the bars as soon as you get sober, right? You don't hang out with your friends who are still in dysfunctional behavior. They'll come up to you and they'll say, Hey, man, congratulations. I hear you haven't drank for, you look great. You haven't drank for a month. Man, you've earned it. Here, have a beer. You've earned it. You look good. You can handle it now. Those people are not trying to congratulate you for your month of sobriety. Those negative voices in your life are trying to get you to come back into dysfunction. Because misery loves company and those people are still miserable. They see that you have some release in your life, that you're going somewhere through your life, and they hate it. They want you back there. You cannot listen to those people. Bartimaeus wasn't about to listen to those people who were telling him, shh, be quiet, stay down there. He seized the moment. He ignored the negative voices in his life, and he went for it. That's what you got to do. Was it risky to do what he did? You bet you it was risky. Why would you tick off the people who are your meal ticket? Let's say things didn't go well. You made a fool of yourself. You, you, the people in the crowd felt like you embarrassed them in front of the Messiah. How likely were they to give him money the next day? He didn't care. He wanted it. What do you want in your life? Look at people who are successful. Look at people who have abundant life. The, the reason that they're different from most of us is because they see the circumstances in their, that they're in and they decide to do something about it. And when they have Jesus Christ in their life, they have somebody supporting them. They have a strong foundation. They don't have to worry about failing because they know it might happen. But so what? They get back up. They try again. They keep striving. They leave this stuff behind and they keep striving towards that goal, which is heaven, which is serving time with our Holy Father. That's what they're going for. They're not worrying about this stuff. They're not worrying about the naysayers. I'm going to bring up Christina right now. Christina's going to come up and share with us. Give her a hand. My name is Christina. I'm a grateful believer in Jesus Christ, and I struggle with codependency, anxiety, and fear of public speaking. So I grew up in an emotionally and physically abusive household. I was not allowed to show any emotions or have any opinions. If I did, I was punished. I was told I was worthless and that no one would ever love me. This belief had followed me into my adult years. I learned at an early age to step in and take the additional physical abuse so that I could protect my mother and my brother. This led to my struggles with codependency, trying to help others to the detriment of myself. I want to help everyone and fix everything because I couldn't fix my family when I was a kid. That's where I picked up my baggage and just kept adding to it and adding to it and adding to it with a work life and a failed marriage. Just kept putting that into that luggage and carrying it around with me. So two years ago, I came to Friends Church to watch a man I admire give his testimony. The same man who has taught my boss a lot about CR, and they informed me I was codependent, and there was a place I could go for help. 
At that point in my life, I was in a terribly dark place. I thought I was either going to have a nervous breakdown or end my life. I was completely exhausted emotionally, physically, and mentally from trying to take care of everyone and everything that I thought I was needed for. I was kind of nervous to come in, but as soon as I walked in, I felt welcome. It was amazing. After the testimony, I was going to just leave. But God spoke and told me I needed to go to the newcomer's class. I did. I had become a workaholic to keep myself in denial and was going to say my job would not allow me the time to go to CR. God then spoke again and told me I was worth two hours a week. Jeremiah 29.11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. I have wondered for years what his plan for me was. I believe that part of that plan was to get me here to Friends Church and to celebrate recovery. Celebrate Recovery taught me that there is peace and hope and that I am loved and worthy of love and I am not alone in this path to recovery. Celebrate Recovery helped me realize that I needed to completely hand over my life to God, all the small things and the large things, and that I was powerless to control my tendency to do the wrong thing. That was two years ago. I am pleased to report that I have come a long way since that May day I first walked in the doors. I was really good at self-isolation and was unable to ask anyone for help. I thought I could do it all on my own. My accountability partners held me accountable and made me stop self-isolating. My accountability partners in CR taught me that the world would not end if I asked for help. I now have a forever family and celebrate recovery and friends church. Through this process, I have found peace and hope and love and have learned that it's okay to love others. I have learned trust and true friendship and acceptance, and I've learned that I am worthy of God's love. I'm now a small group leader, and I do the newcomers class, and I am now co-leading a step study, which is somewhere I never thought I would be two years ago when I walked in those doors. Thank you. It really is life-changing, but the thing that you have to understand is that, like Christina did, and like all of us who've done at some point in our life when we became Christians, is we have to surrender our old life. We've got to let it down. We've got to lay it down. We've got all this stuff in our past, all this stuff that's dragging us back. If something happened to you when you're a 12-year-old little boy or girl, When that same sort of situation presents itself and you're in your 30s, you don't deal with it as a 30-year-old person did. You deal deal with it as that 12-year-old person did because that's where your mind is stuck. That's where you are stuck. You're never going to get through that unless you surrender all that to God. And look what Bartimaeus did. What did Bartimaeus do when they said, hey, Bartimaeus, get up. Jesus wants to see you. He didn't shuffle over there. No, he got up and he threw off his cloak. The one thing that guy owned, the one thing that he could call his own, the thing that kept the rain off his head, kept the sun off his head, kept him warm at night, he threw that thing off like that. He threw off his whole stinky life. Will you throw off your old stinky life? waiting for you right down the street. That's all you got to do. 
Got to repent, though. Just coming here to church is not going to do it. Glad you're here. This is the place you come and you worship. It's great. But what you need to do after you leave here is you need to get involved. And if you are really looking at dealing with your past and really looking at living an abundant life, then you need to get in to celebrate recovery. You need to get in to something. You need to get into something where you can go like they do in step studies. And you can do this this moral, searching, fearless, and moral inventory that you do, this thing that's very difficult to do, this thing that weeds out the weak sisters. If we have 20 people in a step study, maybe five will get through week four or lesson four. It's not easy. But those people who do are reborn. Those people who get... You want to know who those those people are? Those are the same people that are passing the offering plate. Those are the people who are opening the doors. Those are the people who are leading other groups in this thing. The people who are plugged into this church and who have found abundant life are the people who have gone through step studies and come out the other side transformed people. That's it. It's the truth. And now we're starting up a teen group. A teen CR. Why? Because hopefully one day, if we have a strong enough teen CR program, we won't need an adult CR program. Because that's what happens. If you can deal with these things, you find healthy ways to deal with these things when you're a kid. Parents, if you can teach your kids how to deal with these things now, it's a lot less for them to deal with once they get older. They're going to be out there on their own. And they're going to find ways to deal with it. How are they going to deal with it is up to you. I want to bring up Mary now. Mary's going to tell us how she's decided to deal with it in her life. They told me not to stand behind the podium. (laughs) So I won't. I'm obedient. My name is Mary. I'm a grateful believer in Jesus Christ, and I suffer from food addiction and codependency. I was born and raised in a Catholic home. I went to church every Sunday. However, I don't ever remember learning anything about God until I became a born-again Christian in my adult years. I had a pretty normal childhood until my early teens when my dad would start drinking. He became very angry, and that would lead to the beatings of me and my mother. Right out of high school, I married my Marine, and nine months later had my awesome daughter, and two years later, my son came along. Life seemed to be good. We were a good Christian family. We went to church. We were involved in our church, up to and including being Sunday school teachers. We raised our children into fine young adults. My marriage was always a bit rocky, but I thought that was the norm. Until one day after my son graduated and left home, then I realized something was awfully wrong. I was an emotionally broken woman, feeling unloved, unworthy, unwanted, not only by my husband, but also by my church. So I thought God didn't want me either. My marriage of 25 years came to an ugly end. I had lost all hope and faith of ever being worthy enough to be loved by anyone again, even God. Five years later, I remarried again, and about five years ago, another marriage failing. I married an alcoholic. 
I stood by him through three, divorce, three DUIs and six years, in six years, and our, emotional, uh, our enormous debt. The verbal war began when he became sober. Yet he broke me, yep, he broke me emotionally. We tried counseling, which stopped the war, but, to, but today we merely live as housemates. It was two years ago this month I walked through these awesome doors to my forever family with their arms wide open and loving me through all my hurts, my hang-ups, and my habits of my past life. Through Celebrate Recovery, I learned that I am worthy, wanted, needed, and a lovable creature from God, that he loved me even when I didn't love myself, and he was always there if I just cried out. God has taken me out of my darkness and into his light. I serve my church as an usher and a nursery caregiver. God has called me to be a CR small group leader and a 12-step leader so that I can help others like me to see that God does love you unconditionally no matter what your past. Today, God has given me an abundance of patience, love for my fellow man and his sight. He has held my tongue when all I really want to do is unleash on someone. Instead of placing a smile on my face and only sweetness comes out. That has to be God, because I'm Italian. (laughs) That's against my heritage. I am being surprised every day with new things he is doing, doing, like seeing people through his eyes and not my own. This does not happen all the time, but when it does, it's just amazing to see what I really see in people that I would not have seen otherwise. My heart and soul are at peace, and I have a sense of calm within me. That is God. I find that I do not, I find that if I do not talk to him every morning, my day is just really out of control. So I get up every morning and I say, God, it's you and me. And I need you to guide my footsteps throughout our day. I am much happier today, even though there is still turmoil in my marriage. But I know as long as I stay focused on God, as in Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. I can do anything because God is my tower, my strength, and my refuge. Through him, all things are possible. I just keep reminding myself that I'm still under construction and God is the master of my blueprints. Thank you. Thank you, Mary. But you got to know what you need. A lot of us don't even know what we need in our lives. A lot of us are going through life thinking what we know we want We would like shiny new toys. We want things, but what do we really need? Well, we really need one thing. I was going to say Oreos, but that's much better. I've already got Jesus, so I'm moving. I got the Oreos now. And a nap. Maybe a nap. A nap would be okay. But you got to get there. You've got to say, you've got to get to that point, and I'm hoping that there are people out there today that are at that point. That are at that point where they know they need something else in their lives because they've tried everything else. 
And I know there are, in fact, I know there are people sitting out here today who need Jesus, who haven't come to Jesus yet, who don't really understand the whole point of it. Well, the whole point of it is so you can be like these two brave ladies. So one day you can find really, so one day you can go from living in a car to standing up here talking to you like I did. It's absolutely possible. It's undeniably possible, and it is guaranteed to you. The scriptures tell us this. If you ask for Jesus Christ, he will transform your life. He will renew your mind. You are a new person, a new creation. He will give you everything you possibly could ever want and need in order to live the abundant life. You are one of those people. If you're not convinced yet, I want to show you one quick video. Hopefully you will. And as the video is playing, see if you can't find something of yourself in one of these people. Seems like all I can see was the struggle Haunted I ghostly lived in my past Bound up in shackles of all my failures
They were redeemed, but they didn't stop there. They, they, they continued forward. As Bartimaeus did, what did he do? He followed Jesus. He left it all behind. He lived out the life of faith. And that's what they do in Celebrate Recovery. They live it out. And you know what the most amazing thing about it is that they, they take care of each other. They take care of not only the great commandment, which is to love each other, but they make sure that every day they are doing what the Great Commission tells us to do, which is to know God and to let others know about Him. And the gratitude that comes with this redemption and this feeling that you get You stand before the cross and you say, thank you for doing what you did. For Thank you for releasing me from these things. But these people, guess what? These people who have gone through it, they have such gratitude that they are taught. One of the things, the last things you're taught as you go through a step study is to never leave anybody behind. To reach behind you. There's so many people who are still struggling in so many ways. The majority of this world is standing behind, waiting to be redeemed, waiting to be shown the cross. And that's what they do. And in a very practical sense, it's a model that we should be using in all our, whatever situation we find ourselves in. Because you see, by doing that, by making sure that the next generation of people are being raised to know the cross and raised to know that they can be redeemed is they train their own replacements. When you when you when you when you're a coach, if you teach your kids the way, when you're in your ministry, if you're showing people that God doesn't want them just to stop there, that He has a ministry plan in mind for them, in some way, and most importantly, in our children, we teach our children the right way to go. We raise them up. We give them every opportunity, ones that perhaps we weren't afforded because we came from circumstances where God wasn't important. We teach them that there's a better life out there for them. And there's a better life out there for some of you sitting here right now who need recovery. And more importantly, for those of you sitting here or if you're watching now at home, if you haven't made that decision to come yet to Christ, This is one more reason. I know there was a prompting that brought you here today. I know there's a reason you logged on and you're watching today. That was the Holy Spirit. It's the way He works. He's he's pretty cunning that way. He's prompted you. You've got that divine moment right here. It's right here. So I want to pray for you right now. I want to pray for you, Lord. Thank you for presenting the way forward. Thank you for redeeming us. Thank you for giving us abundant life. Thank you for everything you've done for us. And Lord, we just ask. We ask that you find those people. And we want to pray for those people right now that are out there, Lord, who are right on the edge, who see the moment right in front of them. Don't let them back away from it. Let them throw off their cloak and just grab that moment right now. Let them grab you right now. Let them grab salvation right now and say, Jesus Christ, I need you. I've tried everything on my own. I've messed it up. All my best efforts have gotten me to this point. I need you to carry me across the finish line. I need you to show me how to live an abundant life. I need you to help me repair the potholes that are behind me.
I need you to cut those soul ties, Lord, because I want to be a new person. I want to be in you. I want to be free. Lord, we pray for these people right now. And we'd like to ask the the prayer team to come down front. And if that's you, if you're sitting out there right now and you want to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I want to tell you to come down. Please, Lord, give them the strength to come down right now and talk to somebody. If not, if it's just too much for them to come down front, Lord, I just pray for them to accept you into their heart. Just say, Jesus, I accept you. I want you. Show me the way right now. And if not, come back next week. Keep coming back. We pray for all these things in your holy name. Amen. When I surveyed the
so much for sharing. Oh, man. You guys have a blessed day. Um, if you could help us, we need to um, stack some chairs and move them to the side. No.